three two one what's going on folks welcome to 34 questions i'm your host 34 and tonight we have a very special guest in the building bonnie rose is on the show how are you doing tonight bonnie hi i'm good yeah feeling uh, good excited to be here glad to hear it uh, i just want to thank you again for stopping by uh, being open the, to this interview and uh yeah just making time for it i know it's it's hard um so before we get get, get rolling uh, i want to let the folks out there if you are unfamiliar with the flow of the show we typically do some warm-up questions um after the warm-up we'll jump into an icebreaker um after the icebreaker we'll turn to the wheel of fate where we'll spin the wheel whichever number it lands on that's how the conversation will kind of flow and then after that we'll finish out with some closeout questions how's that sound to you bonnie Sounds good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, before we get into it, I just want to ask you, how have you been? You've been doing well. You've been doing great. How's the summer been going? I've been good. Um, I feel like I have been able to work towards some kind of different goals and Mm. um, like, honestly, just almost like deferred maintenance. Um, so I feel like I'm really focused on how I'm doing lately and, and recognizing like what are blocks and, and moving them out of the way. Mm-hmm. So, and that's not to say there aren't blocks, right? Like there's, it's not, it's not always perfect. It's not always easy, but I feel like I've been able to recognize kind of where I'm at and have gratitude and, and just try to like get into the flow. I feel you. I feel you. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I feel like I've encountered some blocks this summer, uh, a few challenges as well, uh, which is interesting because I think recognizing what's blocking us allows for, for more growth. Um, and I'll, I'll jump into that a little bit more <laughs> once we, we get rolling. But um, yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well um, and that uh, I hope um, yeah, let's let's start. Well, start off with the warm up questions. Um, so one of the big reasons why I'm a little bit nervous today is because I messed up something on my computer and my format on my end is really just tripping me out. It's not, it's not working as I would imagine, but, uh, great. Nobody knows when you mess up in your concert, you know, like everyone's just like, so impressed you're on stage. That, that is true. That is true. <laughs> um, have you ever been on stage and had to, I have been on stage a lot. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Well, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to ask, this is the warm-up question. One, the first warm-up question is, what would you like the audience to know about you? And I'm pretty curious about your time on stage. You don't have to start off right there, though. Um, I think the thing that uh, I always tell people right away is that I'm an herbalist. Mm-hmm. And I think because you and I live in a city, I think that is often something that people aren't used to hearing. And also just because of like the world that we live in, which is like the dominant culture of the 21st century, I think it's also not a common thing to hear. Mm-hmm. I know when I was younger, um, I went to college and people used to tell me that the first thing that I would always tell people is that I'm from San Francisco. and. We have that in common. So I think, yeah, that I'm an herbalist from San Francisco are some important things for the audience to know. I gotcha. And uh, what got you into herbalism or herbs? 
yeah, yeah. how did that start for you um well the short version is that i was sick and that's usually how people find um kind of you know non western care unless they grow up with it which is a total blessing that i was not uh privileged to have um mm. but yeah the longer version is that i grew up here with cancer uh, sorry <laughs> no okay <laughs> that's not okay. what happened got you i got you <laughs> Sorry, I need to like cover this. Um, no worries, we're, we're having the same kind of a <laughs> energy right now, but it's all good. It's all good. We'll push through it. <laughs> um, there's cancer maybe later in the story. I grew up with asthma. Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was a kid, I always um, had inhalers and I was like that kid in PE and I had like my fanny pack with my inhalers in it. And it was just something that would hold me back. Like if I went swimming, if I went bike riding, like there was always like that fear of like, oh, I might have a, a asthma attack, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, when I was about 20, um, like I said, I was up in, um, at college, I went to college um, in Washington state and like kind of culturally there, there's just more people who know about herbs. Mm -hmm. And it's like more people have gardens and more people are like just, I feel like people think that San Francisco is like this like hippie city with like everybody's just like growing their gardens and eating their organic food and like riding their bike. <laughs> and like you and I both know that like that's not what it's like to grow up here. Like not people at all. just have like normal urban lives and like it's actually fairly easy. And especially when we were growing up in the 90s and the 2000s that like you didn't know about a local farmer's market or you didn't like go to the ocean if you like lived in a landlocked or like east side neighborhood, you know, like, and that's still very much the case for many, many urban people. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of exposed to like herbalism and different things like, like holistic health and lifestyles. And so then when I was right around like 20, I uh we had the opportunity to kind of start some research about like herbs for asthma mm -hmm. herbs for like supporting lung health and then um i just blended this tea this is kind of like my claim to like herbal long i don't know just like yeah like my place in herbalism is that i like blended this tea and i started taking that tea every day for three months after i never took after three months i never took inhalers again mm -hmm. and that kind of like solidified my like belief and like just like reverence for herbs and plants and i i like to say like i kind of like committed the rest of my life to helping other people do the same thing because it was so empowering for me and like I had only ever known Western medicine and like it, it was just like mind blown, you know, that the doctors had said like, you'll have asthma for the rest of your life, you'll be on inhalers for the rest of your life. And it was just like, that's not true. Like everything is a lie <laughs> <laughs> um, that they ever told me. And, and just that like, I, and, and really the most profound thing other than like the cost of inhalers and like the way um, I felt deceived is like I felt good in my body. And that is like a radical 
experience, you know, like that is radicalizing to be like, mm. oh, I love this and I love like being this and I love using this to like do things that I love. And so, um, yeah, that's how I got into it. And that was out 13 years ago. Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. I mean, yeah. it, it does make sense that it's connected to something that you were growing up with, maybe a health issue. And, uh, you know, you found a solution for yourself. So that's that's wild. And, you know, it's it's crazy because right now and I don't know amongst your peers, if you have also come across this. But as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm more conscious about what vitamins I'm taking. Um, you know, what's <laughs> how many pill bottles do I, have to, I need to buy and like what, what do I put in my body? So I don't know. Is there any advice you could give me as far as like if I was going to look into herbs? to you know uh replace some of these pills that i'm thinking about buying where should i start yeah i mean uh i mean i feel like i could give you a whole herbal consultation right now but <laughs> I got you. a couple things come to mind one is i think the easiest is like what are the herbs you already have you know what's in your kitchen right now and i've been kind of like enamored lately with just really basic herbs like the Right now I'm drinking peppermint tea and I'm just like in love with peppermint. And it's just like one of the most common teas you'll ever find. And it's fucking amazing. It's delicious, you know, mm -hmm. and it has purpose. And like chamomile is another really common herb. Um, and it, it's incredibly powerful medicine. So, you know, maybe you have herbs in a, a tea drawer or maybe you have herbs in your kitchen, like cumin or coriander or thyme or oregano right like herbs that we're cooking with are all also super powerful medicine there there's reasons that they're in our food food is medicine right thinking about what we're eating um like i would wish for you 34 that you're having less pill bottles and more you know like steamed veggies and salads and just like vegetables in your life are you know your best medicine your food is your medicine and then um the other thing i really want to say is that like who are you? And then that can help determine like what medicine you need, i.e. what are the herbs that your ancestors used? And I know that part of your framing is about like grandparents and ancestors and like what do we have in common? And we call it like something that I always tell people is like all of our, our ancestors use plants as medicine and we co-evolved with plants. And so like they know us and we know them on this really, really deep like DNA level. And something for me that is powerful is like connecting to those plants that are in my ancestral legacies. So my people are from modern day Italy, Croatia and Ireland. And so like whenever I find rosemary, I'm like, oh, my people know this plant. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be different for you, for everybody. And just like identifying those and, and like, like rosemary is a, a food medicine, you know, a food medicine. And it's also used herbally and spiritually. And yeah. I like I how you, no, no, I got you. Uh, I like how you connected, you know, the, the premise of the show with ancestors and, um, mm -hmm. and the herbs that we take in. Uh, I wanted to ask you, is, is there one herb that's just like everywhere? It seems like it connects the whole entire earth in what we use or it's just available because i feel like with a lot of crops it's in different areas you get different things but for herbs is it different as in in the sense of like there's one that just is a universal herb that we <laughs> that just loves everybody and is available to everybody <laughs> um 
That's an interesting question. I feel like it it really does vary like region to region of what gotcha. grows well on that level. But like I said, like those basic kind of <laughs> I've recently I can swear on this podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So recently in my mind, I'm thinking about writing an article about this, but I call them like basic bitches. <laughs> and the idea is that like those herbs, like I said, like chamomile mint, but also think just like salt and pepper, right? I don't Coffee. Think, I don't think of salt and pepper as an herb at all, but I see what you or mean. Or herbs, they do yeah. stuff. And like we can use them in a medicinal way. And so, yeah, like just what are your like basic bitches that you just like have around and you're like, whoa, like salt, it's powerful it's actually a crystal not an herb but pepper i think is probably the absolute most commonly like widespread at least in my to my knowledge like across the world you can find it in any diner in the u.s right mm -hmm. super mainstream it. yeah <laughs> pepper is mainstream. <laughs> has it in their house yeah i got you i got you and the one last thing about her herbalist is it so am i saying herbalism or is there yeah. another for it? herbology I say herbalist and herbalism. In Canada, they would say herbalism and herbs. Gotcha. Um, people, I do hear people say herbology, but I've never heard an herbalist say herbology. So I'm not sure if that's like a technical term or not. I got you. Yeah. And, uh, um, it, is there a common misconception about herbal, herbalism that you've come across for people who don't know anything better and then they make assumptions? One time I was getting into an elevator at, I was with my grandmother and she was living in this like elder care facility and I was getting into the elevator with her and like this person who worked there. And you know how like elders can be sometimes they're just kind of oblivious and we get into the elevator and she's like, this is my granddaughter. She's an herbalist. <laughs> and for the record, I actually use they, them pronouns, but, you know, I'm quoting my grandmother, which, you know, she was mm -hmm. of a different generation. And the guy just kind of smirked because I think we were in L.A. And I think that in his mind, I just like was really into weed. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that like, yeah, the dominant culture does not really have very much relevance to herbalism and herbalists and so i think in my experience too there's also like i think being like a white person and especially on the west coast like i think that people read me as just like super mega hippie mm -hmm. and they're just like oh that person is just like you know shoes off like just like kumbaya or whatever like yeah <laughs> and i think that in some ways i can be that like i can be like i want to buy organic vegetables at the farmer's market and like ride my bike but then also like you know i i, I certainly am not like a hippie because I'm not like living in the 1960s <laughs> I'm not a baby boomer but like also I have like you know radical politics and I like understand that like you know I don't know like I'm an anti-capitalist and like I just have like certain like political views and like personal views that 
you know, I'm really committed to like certain values that like hippies don't have. And I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of self-conscious about people like just assuming things. I think we all have that, right? Like we oh, all sure. just get read for like what we look like. Yeah. Yeah. We're like put it in a certain box because of our hobbies or interests, you know, um, there's, <laughs> I'm not like every podcaster out there and as, you, as you're not every <laughs> herbalist out there you know it is funny i when i worked in the cannabis industry like i had a dispensary pretty much <laughs> i say cannabis industry like it's, it's something a little more yeah. a little more different but uh when i was at the store we would definitely refer to ourselves as herbalists every once in a while depending on our <laughs> who's who's our customer but <laughs> i hear you that's that's pretty and funny. that's the thing is like sorry i like <coughs> had the tea go down the wrong pipe but um I got you. That's the thing about like herbalism and and maybe something that's worth pointing out is that like you are an herbalist. Um, Everyone's an herbalist who wants to be because um, in the eyes of the law, if if we care about that, um, we um, as herbalists are not recognized as like any sort of professional um, like Mm. certification or standard. And so like, I have an herbal business, but like you could just as easily start an herbal business, even though I have years of training and you have worked at a dispensary, you know, like you can be like, yo, I'm 34, I'm an herbalist, fuck with me. And I can be like, yo, I'm Bonnie Rose, I'm an herbalist, this is my experience, fuck with me. And it's all legit. And so, um, yeah. Uh, herbalism doesn't really hold any real like legal weight and then I think for me you know maybe somebody has the question of like well why not or like why don't we make that or why isn't a thing and like there are guilds there's like organizations that you can like register with and you can like prove like how many hours you've worked and like do case studies and kind of like get this little like badge of honor Mm -hmm. but um, the, the thing about herbalism is that if you have, let's say a chest cold and you asked 34 herbalists what to do about this chest cold, you're going to get 34 different answers or at mm. least, you know? And so I think that there's something really powerful and something that like my teachers taught me is just like, we don't need to be legitimized. And like the moment that we become like, a industry or like a group of people who like want to be legitimized we then lose like the craft or like we lose the art of it right because like who's to say that like the herb that i suggest for the chest cold is like bad or good or effective or not and like sometimes it's just like all right we got salt and pepper let's use salt and pepper for this problem um and it's maybe more of thinking like how are we going to do it like what's the modality but yeah does that make sense no it does uh i was i was thinking of like if you guys have if herbalists were required to be certified, <clears throat> certified, then I think any kind of involvement would be more regulated. Um, there'd be a lot more rules and things that you guys would have to uh, red tape that you got. You would have to adhere by just for you to run your business. Um, and having that freedom, though, makes it very, I think, in my opinion, more personal. Um, and then people, what I like about that too is that your personality personalities come out and people will rock with different people just because they're uh, attracted to different energy um so yeah i think i'm more for freedom in that sense um so i can see why it is beneficial uh and as far as like being certified 
like I, I don't know if if that's what everybody would want um like your your friend said taking the art away from it is very it's like now that i think about it, it's like being an independent business or like being part of a franchise type type scenario and being independent feels more for more right for for herbalism um I, all right well let's uh, move on to the second question in the warm-up which is if there was some sort of act i could do to express the energy you possess what could that act be what could i do in your honor Hmm. probably something in a garden Hmm. Um, maybe it depends on the time of year Um, it's summer and a lot of the plants have like their flowers and they're kind of like starting to make seed Um, next next week is like the midpoint it's it's like a pagan holiday called Lamas or Loganasa and it's the midpoint between the summer solstice and the fall equinox on August 1st. And so this is kind of like the beginning of harvest. And so maybe like right now it's like, go har- like pick some flowers, like harvest seed, you know, harvest your herbs, harvest your medicine. I got you. You gave me a deadline too for <laughs> August 1st. <laughs> but that's good to know. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite thing to plant then? Just so I have an idea of what I, what I could do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's like asking I like to say when people are like what's your favorite herb it's like asking what's your favorite who's your favorite child you know I got you I got you <laughs> um, but top three top three you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean there was a person who recently passed I didn't know her well but she was an elder and she said to me one time she was like the one thing that will always turn me on is planting a seed and I was like a little taken aback when she said that and I was like like sexually and she was like <laughs> yeah <laughs> like planting a seed is just like so cool it's so hot and um and like yeah it's so exciting when like things sprout and um and I specialize a little bit in um medicinal plant cultivation and that's something that I've studied and and worked on and um one thing that's different about herb seeds is that they require a lot of um preparation in order to be uh to, to germinate because they're wild they're called they're considered to be like wild quality mm-hmm. um and that's like in comparison with something like broccoli that has been manipulated and domesticated by farmers and scientists um, and the hybrid of the two like for thousands of years to make it very easy to grow and to like make this really like juicy tender green and vegetable and um, yeah and so I guess one thing that comes to mind is about echinacea and echinacea requires like a certain amount of cold and kind of like like the seeds are often really stimulated by like length of day so you really have to grow echinacea like in January or February to like get that length of day like expansion Mm. which is from like the winter solstice which is the shortest day to the spring equinox in the middle of March um yeah and it's really fun to grow echinacea because it's also an interesting um crop it's a root 
And um, it's also a very well-known herb. Like I think if people know a handful of Western herbs, like Echinacea definitely stands out. A, because it's a beautiful flower, but B, because it's pretty popular remedy for colds and people usually take it at the first start, the first sign of a cold. And then that will help like boost their white blood cells. So like the defense of like their immune system. And yeah, it, um, in order to harvest that root, you really want to let it be in the ground for a couple years. Mm -hmm. And so for example, when I, um, I started this garden over at Alamany farm, um, and I started in the fall of 2019. And so the first echinacea seeds I, I, uh, I started was like January, 2020 mm -hmm. and, um, I just harvested those roots last fall in like November 2022 mm -hmm. because it took that 2020 season, 2021, 2023 was the third year and then I pulled them out. And so I have that medicine now that I can use, but it's like kind of, I think in the modern culture and like the instant gratification world that we live in, social mm -hmm. media, it's like you plant a seed and it's going to take three or four years to actually use that medicine. I, I, that's tough for us in this in this society right now uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah to wait that long i don't know <laughs> you gotta have some foresight and patience um i think it's, it'd be worth it but four years for for medicine i mean you know when, when you were mentioning it i was i was thinking to myself have i heard it before it sounds very exotic to me and you're saying that it's, it's pretty common um but i can I mean, I'd be down. Like, I always wanted to grow my own vegetables and plants. Just, uh, but I'm, I'm never in a place. I live in Daly City, so it's super foggy, and I don't know if <laughs> there's a lot of farming out on, on this side. But, uh, yeah, it's... I would definitely try to... And what was the name of the herb again? Echinacea. Echinacea. I feel like I want to show you a picture of it. For sure. There are, there's, there's, always, um, there's always crops for any climate. Mm. Um, keep that in mind, you know, like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'm, I'm a gardener or I'm not a gardener or like I have a green thumb and there's always, I heard somebody once say like, there's a crop for every farmer. And if you're like a lazy farmer, there's a crop for you. And if you're an early riser, there's a crop for you. And um, I see what you mean. Really, yeah. <laughs> Daily City is the, the air conditioner of the, of the, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's there's native plants and there's there's always, you know, a reason to have, you know, you have to cultivate, you have to find what grows well and like what you'll use. You know, there's a whole like kind of Venn diagram of like how to develop your herb garden. This is echinacea. It's this, um, burp, 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 burp. Oh, it's a yellow plant? Or... No. Oh, okay. Burp. It's this one it's the pink flower here i see it i see it yeah and do these grow out here or i'm gonna have to like find my own seeds <laughs> oh <laughs> well if you need seeds you just let me know but um sure. they are not native they're native to the midwest mm. so like uh current like wisconsin minnesota prairies out there that's where the that flower is from north america gotcha um, yeah but alamany farm i started the public herb garden there public medicine garden 
So, you know, if you if you need to like go check it out, if you want to like go f- harvest some seeds or um, just meet the plant, that's always a resource. And that, that goes for anybody. Um, that space is just like a kind of demonstration garden slash community apothecary that people can can harvest from, can come cultivate in. And it's just, yeah, open during daylight hours for for use. Do you think we have enough of those community gardens in SF? I feel like uh, <laughs> I asked this question because when you were talking about how growing up in the 90s and 2000s, I don't think, you know, at that time I was introduced to farmers markets or, um, you know, gardens in the, like at Burton, we're trying to, we were trying to do a garden thing. Um, but there wasn't that kind of effort back when we were in school. And I only started realizing or started noticing gardens when I moved to Long Beach for, for college. Um, I remember I lived like right across the street from one, which was huge. It went like straight through the block, but the, the block was pretty huge and um it went diagonal so you had all these houses on the outskirts but their backyards were kind of connected to this garden and um but yes yeah, so uh for you do you feel like an sf That's are doing a good job or, yeah long beach um i went to an herbs herb school uh I, I visited an herb school once in long beach mm. um yeah you know what that sounds like to me is that there's probably like an underground river or something there which is why oh. they didn't on that strip. Yeah, yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, leftover, but and we have some of that type of space here too, because you know if you're near the water, you have you have rivers. But um, I mean, I think you're asking me almost like a rhetorical question, which is just like hell no. Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> Maybe you I knew mean, more than I did. No, I mean there's. I think there's always a struggle in a city, right, between the the needs of the people and the needs of capital. And, you know, people make money when they sell, when they quote unquote, like sell land and they have business. And I mean, there's definitely more now, you know, there's, I think there's definitely more. I think as we reckon with the climate chaos and the global heating that we're faced with every single day, um, there's more of a reckoning that we need those types of quote unquote green jobs. Mm. And I have worked in somewhat of that industry for most of my career. Um, but it's still really hard to get a fucking green job. Like, um, there's just, people don't really see the value in them. Um, there's jobs that pay like I legit am like looking into a job that pays like $18 an hour Mm. um, because I like want to get experience working more with like students outdoors and um and it's it's such a radical experience you know like when I was at Burton I got to take some of my classes out to um Marin and they were just like eating lunch on the edge of the earth and like you know, milking goats. And it's like, we need that, you know, and we don't necessarily need to go to Marin for it. I mean, Marin's beautiful. Um, and we're lucky that we have access to so much nature in the Bay Area. But yeah, I mean, I just say, I would just say like flat out no, because 
you know, we know what happened in 2020 when the when everything shut down and there was crisis and scarcity and like we need more garden spaces. We need more people who know how to grow food. We need more people growing food together. We need more community. We need more job green jobs. We need more just like spaces where people are coming together and like doing things because they want to fucking do them and they're not necessarily getting paid, but it's meaningful and barn raisings and, you know, sense of community and collaboration. And I mean, I think we just absolutely like we earn, earn, what is the word? It's like, we like want that. Like our spirits want that. Earn. Yeah. yeah. Yearn. 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 Yeah. 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 Yearn. We yearn for it. And we also, I think, are just like every day, every year, like coming closer and closer to the reality of like, we need that. And we need that to survive on like a spiritual level, but also on a physical level. No, for sure. Um, And it does make me think about like, I don't know for you, if you ever get that feeling of for for me, if I take a long journey, a long walk, I always feel kind of more attuned i don't know why but i feel more attuned to my my ancestors in that way like wow this is what they were doing way back in the past just traveling on feet you know if i'm not taking public transportation or in a car right it's just a different feeling so for me when you mention gardening together i think that would bring the same kind of emotion right it's something that like our answers did together and it almost just feels right because we're doing something that for thousands of years humankind has done but we're just doing it in the modern sense um but i feel you i think living in a city my whole life um and not really what i've always wanted was to get to know my neighbors and have like that strong community um with people living across the street and stuff which i don't think we really i don't know for you but for me i wasn't really exposed to that kind of feeling growing up um it was very like you stay in your home uh, and you're afraid of your neighbors or like you don't want to like step over toes or cause any conflicts. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be more for gardening and hopefully that would uh, push us in the right direction of coming more together than being separated. Uh, I hear you. And my last question for you in the warm up uh, on a scale from one to ten, how well do you know yourself? That is an existential question, dude. <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm an existential person, but I think <laughs> I think it's like the more you know, the more you know you don't know, or whatever the saying is. It's like true. Yes, I, 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 I am in that camp. <laughs> I just like how the hell would I ever know how well I know myself? I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I know how to be in my body a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um better than I used to be and maybe a lot of people that I think are around me but it's not about comparing is it I don't know that's tough too I feel like in midlife like maybe I know myself like you know (laughs) in the middle like (laughs) I got you five six I don't know no I mean that that sounds about right for me as well uh five and six is is my happy place I would say uh you know, I don't know if you heard from previous episodes, but my phrase is usually, you know, at my best, I, I, I know myself the most. At my worst, I, I don't know my, don't know myself at all. Uh, and, but I'm kind of really realizing maybe that could be switched around as well. Uh, <laughs> at my best, I think I know who I am the most when I really don't and vice versa. Um, 
But yeah, so five and six, I think it's perfectly fine. But let me ask you, when's the last time you surprised yourself then? You know, doing something, you're like, oh man, that's me. That's that's crazy. I didn't know I had that in me. Hmm. That's a great question. I don't know. I mean, today I like worked all day on my profit and loss statement. Mm. And as a small business, ugh, I just, I hate it. I have, I, I want to learn to love to run a business. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and the fact that I'm almost done with it, I'm like, look at you you can do it and i knew that i know that i can do it i've done it every year i've run a business for nine years and i've made nine profit and loss statements but um i don't know the last time i surprised myself i also recently wrote my first zine and i just stayed home um uh, one weekend and I um, was on my typewriter and I was like duh, 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 duh. and I was like dang you wrote a zine in a weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, are, is that going to be shared or that was just like a personal project um I could I could get into it if you want ah, interesting interesting yeah <laughs> uh what's it called like when you say zine do you mean you you made like a few articles and put them together or yeah what's it look like for you yeah you want to see it sure <laughs> This is like a show and tell. Oh, I love it. I want to bring that back, honestly. Show and tells in school. This is my zine. Whoa. Okay. It's called It's 30. It's like 40 pages. Um, it's how to date me. <laughs> I got you. It's a manual. I think that shows a lot of awareness. Like we were asking <laughs> how well do you know yourself? Um, <laughs> gotcha. Well, you must have been pretty inspired to, to write that. I was inspired, yeah. Mm. I was I feel like I've been I've been around the block on the dating apps a lot and I'm like exhausted and I'm like, fuck, I could just write this all down. Mm. You know, and I did and, and and it was it felt like there's four parts. Mm -hmm. The parts are Part one, my story, which is about like my relationship with um, sex, touch, dating, and relationships. Mm -hmm. And then part two is called dating. Part three is called sex. And then part four is called relationships. And what happened was like every time I would write something down and like kind of get it out of my body, mm -hmm. I was like, I felt like relief. I was like, ugh finally it's like written down and i don't have to like hold on to it and like keep it in my mind or like hold it in my body in this like tight restrictive way that like does is not really co like coerce cohesive co yeah cohesive yeah it's it's just it's not compatible for dating you know like dating's all about like being in your body and like feeling good and like having fun and i feel like there's things that like i need for myself and for like my own care and safety where I'm like, don't like, don't fucking text me all the time. And so <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's written down. Like, Oh, now I can just be like, see page 37. Like <laughs> don't fucking text me all the time. <laughs> I got you. I mean, I, I wish we all had kind of had that. Um, right. Yeah. And I'm like, this is a gift, you know, it's like, now I can just be like, yo, here's the zine. Here's the manual. Like, 
it's not there you don't have to like wonder you just like follow the rules you know no for sure and i think it's a great way to communicate um you know if you ask my partner she would probably say i'm, I'm pretty bad at the communication part of a relationship she's always challenging me trying to make me you know be better at it um and i think about it maybe i should write maybe a manual as well <laughs> uh and that would help maybe help her out but i know that that kind of takes the element of talking it out and, and having that um well i mean i think that it's a springboard like i think that it could actually elevate the conversation further mm -hmm. and i think especially like because you maybe and now i'm like just like giving you like relationship advice but that's fine take it with a grain of your favorite crystal salt Gosh. um like what if you like wrote something and then you shared it with her right and then you then had a conversation or she maybe like wrote a response or like gave you feedback of like oh actually 34 you do this and this instead of that and that or like oh i you know i didn't know that you liked this in that way or i don't know i just i would be I would be curious, like, if people in partnerships, like, wrote about their relationship or, like, what makes them feel good. Because um, I think that a lot of times, yeah, people assume things or they get used to something. Um, and, yeah, I feel like there's something else that's coming up around, like, um, people forget, like, I don't know we're changing all the time right and so like yeah. maybe something that you're wanting um isn't being met and maybe you can address that or um maybe there's a way in which like there's something that your partner's doing that you don't know how to acknowledge and maybe it's not working for you you know it's all sorts of little like nuances and i think relationships are all about how much effort we put into them and like how much they can grow and develop and so i think a lot of it it, my intention is too is just like being intentional about it nice no, I, I definitely understand um i think you know just the way where we are as a society with dating and relationships um i think something for me that i realized or the traumas i've realized recently is that i've i think i'm very anxious i'm an anxious person like maybe more so than normal and to me i just think it's been normal my whole life uh, so in a relationship, and I do want to bring something up, I get very anxious about it, and I tend to just be like, oh, it's okay, it's whatever. I'm mean, just, uh, it's not a big deal. Um, even though, like, I never wanted to get to that point where it becomes a big deal. So maybe writing it out and just presenting it in that way, even though it's not conventional, I don't think. It's not, it's not ever shown in the movies. Someone writes out their feelings and, like, they talk about it. Uh, but that just might be the new approach to it um so i am curious as well if there's any couples out there who do that <laughs> um which i think would would be the, the new thing i think that's going to help a lot of relationships um because even you know doing phone calls versus a text message is very different and it it's less for me less anxiety inducing if it's a let me think about that i think I do enjoy a phone call more than a text because that's why I'm such a bad texter. I don't know if you are either, but like I'll freeze up on a text and be like, oh, I'm going to answer this later, which becomes like the next day. <laughs> uh, it's either too late. And 
I'm, I don't mean to be rude, y'all. It's just, you know, it's <laughs> well, my how my brain processes it. Go ahead, you were gonna say. You have to you have to prioritize yourself. I think something that we're terrible at in this in the dominant culture and especially like in the ways that text messaging was like kind of forced on us. I always think about text messaging as like when we were in like high school and we would just like be on aim all the time, you know, yeah. and we like be at school and we'd like see our friends and then we'd go home and we'd be like writing our essays and we're just like on aim and like legit that's how I learned how to type was like typing on aim. <laughs> I feel you. Um but like I feel like sometimes we're just on aim and yeah it's it's really powerful to like pick up the phone and have like a shift in that dynamic because the way that text message is like you know you can't put an auto reply on text message you can't turn it off right you can't like leave a message unread um and so it's all about like instant 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 and people have their phone number your phone number and then they'll like text you even though it's about something they should email you about and like people just have terrible boundaries and so i think like there's i don't think there's any shame in being a bad texter because mm -hmm. you never consented to to being a texter you just like had a phone number and then like it's 2023 and your phone like does 1000 things and we all have ADHD and like, you know, instant gratification and just like you're saying like this disconnection and like we all have anxiety, bro. Like yeah. we legit all do. And it's because of things like text messaging. And so I think when you're like, oh, I don't get back to people. I actually think that reframing that and being like, I have a boundary, which is like, I cannot be in constant communication with people. Like, First of all, maybe you're just trying to legit like build out your next, you know, podcast mm -hmm. format and you just need some deep concentration. Like, where are you going to get that? You know, I hear you. And yeah. that, 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 it does feel empowering. I'm going to use that <laughs> anytime someone questions me about late texting. Um, you're well, right. I did. I just, <laughs> we got to normalize. We just have to normalize like. Uh, not replying right away, you know, and be, and it just like I have a friend who's always like, it does not matter when you reply, no pressure. And I just I really admire that. And I try to embody that as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think like, if you respond like a week or a month late to a text message, well, shit, you replied, you know, and like, that's when you could get to it. And you're not saying like, you're not important. But like, maybe legit, you like, had other things going on, or just like emotionally, like wasn't ready to have that conversation you know like i think people often will get that anxiety when like people don't respond right away yeah and yeah. it's like that person's processing it's called being a human you know you're not a robot and like you need that time to just be like hmm, how do i feel about going to dinner next saturday at you know i feel you yeah and it's like, <laughs> like i, I kind of want to go like get tacos or whatever <laughs> you so know I, I hear you and uh you know definitely i feel more understood so thank you for that um i i am definitely that person in the group text that one doesn't really up, up, uh reply back like especially if it's like 10 people i'm like yeah my voice isn't going to be heard <laughs> uh, but also like if there's plans made i don't even really confirm like i, I tell people like i just want to surprise you and she'll show up so like <laughs> that's what usually happens that's been happening lately where i'll just like oh i know what the plans are and everyone else is confirmed and i'll be like maybe i'm just that kind of person who likes to decide right before it like oh yeah i'm gonna go or i'm not um and i'm, I'm just very appreciative to my friends for understanding me because they haven't really brought it up as an issue like 
Dude, you gotta be better at this. <laughs> but no, I hear you. I hear you. And um, yeah, it's gonna make me reflect a little bit more on on how I how I do it. But it does make me think that you know, one, I I I also don't care like when people reply back. It's really let me give them that space. So I hope everyone can give me that space as well. Uh, only if it's like super urgent. I feel like that's when a phone call comes in. If you really want me to answer this text, then maybe you should give me a call. <laughs> and, that, and that way you can get the answer you need right away. <laughs> um, all right. Just give you a heads up, Bonnie. We have about 10, 15 minutes left in the pod. Uh, I don't really want to super rush through. Let's just go with the flow and see how far we can get into it. Um, if we don't reach certain parts, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, but let's just do this one part, which is the icebreaker. Uh, would you rather do a word association or a uh, this or that? Mm. Word association. Gotcha. Um, so you will have 34 seconds to do as many as you can. There's really no pressure, um, but afterwards I will ask on a couple of your answers or touch on touch upon it. Uh, so here we go. In three, two, one, crazy, insane, truth, facts, idea, knowledge, lost, confused, freedom, yes. Music. Uh, sound. Future. Please. People. Love. Appreciate. Earth. Gotcha. All right. That was 34 seconds. Um, I do want to touch upon, you said, I said future. You said, please. Well, why did that come to mind? I think I struggle a lot with climate crisis. And mm. I I think that some of my anxiety is in that and um Yeah, I just I I worry about like our descendants and I worry about like children and I just, I think I've heard it said that like all people believe that they're living on the edge of like humanity, like, like all people over time have always been doubtful that like there will be more. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that just speaks to kind of like, the the human psyche um but yeah i think it's just it it feels ever present and especially like you know during the summer when like this like there's just like global like heat um yeah for sure you know, <laughs> like just that. triple digits on like next level like just so many places and like it's funny that we're like, you know, in like a fairly cold place, all things considered, mm -hmm. um, in the, in like this part of the Bay area, but yeah, it just, I, I just, I worry and I wonder about like, what will that future look like? And, you know, I think 
there's there's ways in which I work and other people work and and people do things to like create the future to be better and like more just and more equitable and in like lots of different ways and in particular like for climate crisis but yeah I just I'm just like hopefully please yeah <laughs> I see no I got you I, let's uh... try to get together <laughs> Now, uh, climate change makes me feel defeated, you know, uh, it makes me feel like, you know, I can't really do much. Um, and I'm just like hoping for some crazy discovery to, to help us clean up the oceans and help, help us like reforest, you know, our, our world. Um, so, yeah, it's it's crazy. And when you bring up like, I guess uh, humankind has always felt like they're on the brink of you know i guess humanity um i always thought to myself that like you know <laughs> and you could correct me if i'm wrong but when people say uh you know like to combat climate change it's we got to save the earth and in my mind i think the earth is going to be fine it's it's really oh, everything, yeah. everything else is going to be <laughs> going to be <laughs> like the earth knows how to adapt like yeah she's like can you please get this pox off of me? <laughs> and it's more about like, do you care about our descendants? Do you care about the future of humanity? Because really, like, as far as all the apocalyptic, you know, media that's out there, um, it's pretty interesting because before I felt like a lot of the movies were about how futuristic the future was going to be like. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, how dark is it going to be? <laughs> uh, and, you know, hopefully it, it doesn't, these aren't prophecies, self-fulfilling prophecies one day. Um, but the concern is there. Uh, and I think a lot of us have been feeling it this summer for sure. Um, and I don't know if, like, I always think to myself, like, was this like this, you know, five, 10 years ago? Do I feel the difference? Do I see it, you know? Um, but yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Future, please. Or hopefully someone out there is, is going to figure it out, which I think that's where I'm at with it now. It's like... Yeah. I can talk about it. I can try to find the people, hopefully have conversations that inspire someone else out there that's listening. Because um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's, it's I can do anything about it anymore. <laughs> but I hear you. Well, I, think, I think it takes all of us, you know. It, yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to take yeah. it. <laughs> uh, and that's all that's a whole nother thing is like how are we going to get the world on the same page about all these issues uh that's always been like i guess the dream of mine when i was a kid is like you know i wish there was a way that everyone could understand each other's languages i think that would would help out because a different language when when people communicate it's like oh that's the tone like they didn't mean it that way but i feel like a lot of arguments a lot of uh, miscommunication happens because of that uh so anyone out there i don't know if you've seen that technology where like you put it in your ear and someone speaks a foreign language you could hear it in the language that you chose uh, oh wow yeah and i'm hoping that part can all push us towards more solutions <laughs> um all right well i want us to get through the the closeout portion of the podcast unfortunately okay. i don't think we're gonna make it to the wheel today uh, that's been happening a lot and i don't know if i'm just if i need to fix that or not i feel like good conversations happen organically uh and the wheel's really there you know if we get to it um all right so 
welcome to the closeout portion of the podcast. And my first question for you in the closeout is actually a, a question from my previous guest. So shout out to LJ. Uh, LJ's question for you is, if you ever feel like you were at rock bottom, what's one way you feel like you could uplift yourself? Something I've been practicing lately is uh, I've been working with a somatic coach mm. and I a, a lot of somatics is about like really just like feeling into your body and really kind of like feeling your front and your back and your core and your sides and your wet width and how much space you take up and just really like being in yourself. And I think something that we all have pretty much always like maybe there's one or two reasons in which like you would not have access to this but it's about being being in your body but um breathing breath you know mm. and I think there's probably so many ways to be at rock bottom um and also that like act of breath is always is always there for us and it can always like it's life you know um and it can always like just recenter us in in like a emotional spiritual way and then you know the rest can follow of like feeling good in your body and and just making the moves that that you need to like persevere and and yeah really like also, I guess with somatics too, it's about like, how do you then make the choices that you really want? So it's like, how do you get back into your center, like in your life, you know, mm -hmm. and you do that by getting back into your body center. Mm. It's, it sounds like the stuff we, we take for granted most of the time, um, mm -hmm. you know, being in control of our breath. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. My uh, second to last question for you is What would you like to ask the next guest That comes on to 34 questions mm. <laughs> The question I want to ask I feel like isn't It doesn't count <laughs> It counts The question I want to ask is uh, If you were a tree What tree would you be? And mm. why? Okay. But I feel like it also requires people to like have a certain knowledge of trees. But I mean, maybe it, maybe it'll make sense to them. No, maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I know <laughs> when I think like when you ask that question, because I like to answer this last question as well. Um, you know, I started going through my directory of the trees that I know off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, let me think about that for a moment. Hmm. I feel like everybody probably has like at least one tree that's like they're they have a relationship with yeah yeah i would you know? agree i would agree um and and for me i think this might be a cop out and we live in california but uh redwood trees are, are awesome to me i think the reason being is that anytime i'm in the woods and i i, mean, I specifically remember a field trip and I had where I just felt like these were like super majestic trees that were like so tall and like I know they have a great history so it's just I think what I like about them is that in some ways they're like the elderly of they're, or they're my elders 
of earth you know they've been around for a long time and i kind of look up to them uh and they're just some strong motherfuckers you know <laughs> at least that's what i hear uh, so yeah if uh if i had to choose I'll, I'll probably go with redwood uh i almost went christmas tree but i'm not <laughs> i'm not a big uh, christmas person um so yeah <laughs> or even apple trees could be a, a choice as well um nice but i got you and uh, <laughs> what was your tree if you don't mind me asking for some reason um the tree that's coming to me right now is um a magnolia mm. uh, which is sometimes planted as a street tree my favorite fact about magnolias is that they're like really really ancient and they were like part of like prehistoric flora um so like dinosaurs and they have these really incredible like big flowers um and oftentimes people will say that like they were the first flower Mm. like um like to evolve and in on the planet and and so like this idea of like pollinators coming in and like pollinating the flower and then having that be part of the like sexual reproduction of the tree mm-hmm. um, it's just kind of like mind-blowing and so I like to say they invented sex which is just like <laughs> a fun thing to say no I mean so, yeah. like it's reproduction <laughs> yeah <laughs> I gotcha I gotcha yeah and uh, my last question for you, a question that ties everything together, 100, 200, 300 years from now, our descendants are watching this video. What would you like to tell them? Oof. I feel like just bringing it all back to the beginning would be like, eat your vegetables. <laughs> no, I got you. Uh, <laughs> one thing Drink you Drink water. Drink water, eat your vegetables, and get a good night's sleep. You know, like some things just don't change. And I think that, and like meditate. Like, <laughs> I want to tell my people now, meditate. Like, that'll, that's a game changer. And I think that we don't really understand like the value and some of the like slowing down things that, um, like, yeah, we've just kind of been coming back to around like people being being humans you know i think i think like future please and like if we get there in 400 years and someone's watching this video like a you're hella retro but b like you're also just a human you're also just like a fragile little like tender skinned big brained like animal that like you know needs to be gentle with themselves and is probably like stressed the fuck out for whatever reason um you know just like tune back into the earth take a deep breath hydrate gotcha yeah um, they hear you i hear you and I, I was thinking to myself as you were saying that uh basic bitches the book that you had mentioned earlier i think that could be a series because you talked about how to keep it with plants but also just life in general keep it keep it simple basic bitches yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe 400 years from now that's going to be the 
the anthology series that she created that everyone just like already knows it's a household name at that point <laughs> um that's true and I, I guess i want to briefly plug for one second oh yeah absolutely plug away i did write a book oh snap um it's called deeply rooted i wrote this book in 2017 uh 2016 um yeah and it's called deeply rooted medicinal plant cultivation in Tetropolis. Um, and you can find it on my website, bonnieroseweaver.com. And yeah, it shares some of what I shared here in the podcast about like how I got into herbs and, and kind of like my process of working within like an urban context, which I think is kind of unique. And then the, the second part of the book is um, like, a what do you call it? They're called monographs or it's like a materia medica. So it's like how to use, there's 20 of these, like how to use different herbs that cool. grow in San Francisco. Here's echinacea, the one that we were talking about earlier. That's what's up. And, yeah. you, and you and you authored this and you created this. Yeah, this is my baby. This is my baby from 2016. So it's like, you know, it's like in first or second grade now. I was going to say, it's and the first baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't really, I feel a little exhausted after being a teacher. So I don't know what's coming next. That's like my big next question is like, what happens next? But I really appreciate just like having this time with you and talking because I feel like it's inspiring to, to answer that question for myself too. For sure. And, you know, the best advice I could give in that regard is take your time. Um, it took me about... 20 jobs to figure out that I really wanted to do youth work. Um, it took me a couple failed projects and dreams of goals to settle on, not settle on. That, that sounds like it's horrible <laughs> phrasing. I'm not settling on this. It's <laughs> just that uh, finding, finding what it is that, that I really wanted to do. Um, so for yourself, yeah, I think for a lot of folks out there, it's, it's really about keep, tr like, keep trying. Um, and, you know, if something's not working, then just kind of think about what it is that you could do differently uh, within the same realm, you know? Uh, talked about- yeah, what, what works, what doesn't work, like titrate to like find, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if you knew Hella Hungry, the hat that I wore all the time was a clothing brand that I tried to make a few years ago, um, but I didn't know what I was doing. Like you were talking about running a business. Uh, I still don't know, but uh, one thing I will say that I am proud of is that I overcame my fears called the IRS because they were sending me uh, like letters about it. And um, I faced <laughs> my fears. I called them and they helped me out with what I had issues with. And it, yeah. it ended up being all gravy. <laughs> but it took me two okay. years to make that phone call. <laughs> uh, oh, real. Yeah. Super anxiety <laughs> or super anxious about it. Um, That's and, some other good wisdom is face your fears that's something that i feel like whenever i'm stuck i'm like whoa and like that's kind of what we started on too is like the flow and like finding it you know and i think when i'm stuck and i'm like what is keeping me stuck and then acknowledging that is like that's like that's liberation for sure it's the first step it's the first step you got to know uh, that takes a lot of reflection you know a lot of just really sitting sitting with yourself and you know thinking about what it is i don't know for you we didn't get to really talk about our quarantine times because i feel like that was a, a different era for a lot of folks as well um but 
for me, what worked was kind of looking back at my childhood. What were the things that I enjoyed as a kid? Uh, and that, that brought me to, to this. <laughs> um, but I want to thank you, Bonnie, again for stopping by. Uh, thank you for being the first person I talked with after such a long break. Uh, it, it helps me just kind of get in the flow of things. And, you know, I was I don't know why I was super nervous in the beginning. And then after, <laughs> after like an hour, I feel a lot more better now. Uh, and that's thanks to you. Um, and I want to thank all the folks out there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify or on YouTube, I want to thank you for your time as well. I was going to say, um, you should definitely come back for an episode that's just really just off the wheel. Um, and then maybe that way uh, you'll have a part one, part two thing going on. Um, <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, no rush. No rush. Because I know how things can be. Uh, and hopefully your search for for the next thing, um, you know, comes up sooner rather than later. And uh, yeah. I want to tell the folks out there, my, my texts aren't showing up, but please remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time on 34 Questions. Peace. peace. And then, see, there's not even the peace. The peace didn't come up this time. <laughs> uh, but it's all good. That's pretty much the end of the show, buddy. Um, and then I'm just waiting for the credits to roll out. After that... 34questions.com